Hello viewers and welcome back. Today I have the pleasure to be interviewing Tracy Jewelerine. She is an APRN who has been working in healthcare for quite some time. I'm going to let Tracy go ahead and let her introduce herself. Tracy, you're good to go. Hi everyone, my name is Tracy. Um, I am an APRN working in primary care since just Brandy Dandy New in April. I've been working in healthcare since 2009 as an RN. The vast majority of my history is working in emergency medicine um, with a little bit of dabbling here and there elsewhere in other departments, but emergency medicine always brought me back um, until I graduated last year in August and started working in primary care. Awesome. Thank you so much for letting our viewers know who you are and what you do. Congratulations on your accomplishments and where you are now. Thank um, you. You're welcome. So that kind of rolls us right into our first question um, with regards to where do you see the need for more rehab centers for patients who need help with opioid misuse? <laughs> well, I think um, there are a lot of available rehab centers for most patients who carry commercial insurance doing a quick review um it's and from working in the emergency room i can tell you available beds for patients who are medicare medicaid patients are slim to none um so i think those patients who are looking for inpatient treatment for with medicare and medicaid are the ones who are really needing more access points okay perfect so medicaid and medicare patients are not being treated as equal as those who have insurance. Correct. Um, all right. And do you find that rehab programs are being personalized to meet the needs of each patient? That's, that's as being the inside workings of an inpatient rehab center, I'm not really sure what their personalized care looks like. Yep. I don't know like if there are separate therapy sessions or different types of therapy, but what I do know is most Medicare, Medicaid patients have access to outpatient treatment, which not everybody doesn't need just outpatient treatment. I think a lot of patients need to start in that inpatient world to really remove themselves from that environment where they are not succeeding in. And unfortunately, that would be individualized care that's not being met is because they don't have that eligibility. Um, a lot of the rehab centers, too, are also very far away. There aren't very close um, local facilities that patients have access to. Right. So you think that more um, facilities would be helpful in more rural areas, maybe? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Great. So what is your perspective on or how do you feel about the quality of services that are being provided to our patients who are suffering from opioid misuse? The quality of services? I, I think it's getting better. I think the stigma around opioid dependence or even alcohol abuse, people are realizing it's more of a disease process. It's not necessarily somebody who is choosing to live this lifestyle. Right. Um, so I think, you know, people are recognizing that it has a lot of psychiatric, um, what's the word I'm looking for, pieces of it that really need um, to be addressed in order to make the patient successful. So I think they've brought a lot of that psychiatric piece into the recovery programs, which is super important. Um, I can't, I can't speak to what the quality is on the inpatient side or the outpatient side. I know patients are saying, you know, they, they try and reach out and they don't get phone calls back. 
Um, but I don't think that's necessarily quality. I think it's availability and out outstretched resources for the patient, for the people who are working in this business. Absolutely. I am. Um, I 100% agree as far as not having the resources such as workers readily available to provide the treatment. Um, I obviously, I'm an outsider in this topic, so I'm very uncertain too of the quality of services that are being provided. However, I can only imagine with healthcare being so low in its workers that it is often probably very difficult due to the epidemic. And what I can tell you is from working in the emergency room, there is a program where somebody comes in either an overdose or somebody comes in intoxicated or they are ready for treatment. There is in our local emergency department, we have a number we reach out to and they actually have a person come to the emergency room and talk with the patient and say, all right, I'm going to work with you to find a bed. Like, here's my personal phone number. Let's work together and get you the treatment you need. Um, I, I can't think of the name of it right now, but they're essentially a coach that helps the patient find the, the perfect program for them. Um, is it always successful? And yep, I found you a bed today. No. And right. that's part of the problem is you have to gain access right then and there when the patient is ready. Okay. So not enough access. Okay. Um, do you feel that our healthcare system is up to date on providing care to patients with opioid misuse? Ooh. Our healthcare system as in do you believe that we should be maybe more of a universal healthcare system? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not a huge like political person. Okay. So do I think everybody should have access to the same healthcare? Yes, I do. I I it's only fair. It shouldn't be because I make this much money or I have access to this job that I get this healthcare versus this person who hasn't had the same life as me doesn't have access to these career choices or these paths that I have it's everybody walks different walks of life and has different life experiences that have brought them to where they are but do I think that makes me or someone else more um like should we have more available access to a different no I don't I think everybody should have the same so status really should not matter um everyone should just be treated equally right however what the financial implications of that are, I don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have a backbone to stand on to say, I mean, obviously everybody should be treated the same, but I don't know what that looks like in the background. Okay. All right. And who do you feel should be held responsible for funding um, more rehab centers to be put into place? (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't, who currently does? I know a lot of them are private, right? But then a lot of them are um, federal. Federal, yeah. I think, you know, privates keep going. You're doing great things for those patients who do have the commercial insurance. But I do think the federal government needs to look more deeply into um, providing more access to patients. Absolutely, they should they should be looking to fund most a lot of their money in that direction because it's a huge problem. Awesome. That's a great answer. Thank you. Um, so this kind of goes hand in hand with question number five. Do you believe that the government should be fully responsible to pay for the patient's treatment programs, such as in-step 12 patient programs, detoxing, medications? You mean for, do you mean for like Medicare, Medicaid patients? Um, or do you mean for commercial, like even commercial people don't even have to worry about whether or not somewhere accepts their insurance? Even commercial. Um, I, I guess 
I've, I have not been challenged yet on this question. So thank you for, for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll go more in a direction of Medicaid, Medicare. Um, they are obviously included, but how about patients that don't, that also have commercial insurance? Um, everyone just is treated the same. So insurance does not matter. We'll say. Sure, it doesn't matter. And then, sorry, go back. That's okay. So do you believe that the government should be fully responsible to pay for the patient's inpatient treatment programs? Or excuse me, um, patient's treatment program. So if a person does, in fact, um, is suffering from opioid misuse, and Mm -hmm. we'll say this is their fourth time going into a detoxing or an inpatient program, um, obviously, you know, medical bills do tend to rack up. Um, do you believe that our government should be helpful in providing coverage or? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because if I have a diabetic patient who's non-compliant and has, you know, doesn't take care of their glu- insulin or their glucose levels, our government is backing them the entire way of their treatment. Okay. What is the difference if uh, somebody who has the disease process of opioid dependence falls off the falls off the track and doesn't take care of themselves and then decides they want to come back and take care of themselves. There's in my mind, there is no difference between those two types of disease processes that need to be taken care of. Okay, great. And as a provider, do you believe that opioids are better regulated through healthcare systems with the use of electronic prescriptions or worse? Oh no, I, I feel it's better because I know I can log in and look at my patient who I'm like, ugh. I, I obviously, as a provider prescribing, I, I, every time I have to write a, a prescription for an opioid, I get nervous. I don't want to be that person that sends this person down a path because it's that easy to fall into this path. Right. Um, so I can log into a system and I can look at, you know, how many times has it been recent? Is this a trending thing? I can be part of that and, and, and make sure I'm not continuing this process and stepping in for the patient. Okay. And that's actually been some feedback that I've been receiving is most of these healthcare workers that have the ability to provide opioids are struggling. They're nervous. They're hesitant um, because they're they're concerned that a patient will become addicted and then you were the prescriber and you did it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to our next question. Um, obviously, our viewers already know that my – topic is really related to the opioid crisis, but it's more or less related to um, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, They Mm -hmm. have the highest overdose rate currently. And my question is, the citizens within the city of Baltimore need rehab centers to help overcome the opioid misuse mortality rate. What do you suppose that we can do as citizens to help with this issue? Mm, Helping uh, I think, you know, part of this issue is the stigma. Okay. Um, and that's stopping a lot of people from supporting, maybe donating to the cause. Um, so I think, you know, just educating individuals and making sure we're starting to remove that just stigma. I know depression and anxiety, the stigma is, you know, not what it used to be. And people are more accepted. And I think there's more conversations around mental health now. Yes. And that's allowing more access points for patients because they're recognizing, oh, there is, you know, options for this. Absolutely. Um, So I think as citizens, just 
makes your yeah just understanding that this isn't a choice there's no person in the world who is going to make the choice to steal from their families to get their needs met to leave their children behind to get their needs met i shouldn't say no person in the world but the vast majority of people in the world are not going to choose this lifestyle and this is a real disease process and the more the community understands that the more they'll be able to come together and support these people and get their needs met I love it. Um, We didn't talk about it, and I didn't have this in the questionnaire, but Uh Narcan seems to be the biggest um, discussion upon opioid misuse. Do you Uh believe that we should have Narcan readily available and into the hands of everyone? Do you think it it should be everywhere? Everyone. It should be a keychain in my brain. Like, this should be everywhere. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Great. Our last question puts us into, what are your own recommendations for improving the services for opioid misuse? My own, for the services? Yeah. Uh, Well, my own recommend. I don't, (laughs) how do we get more? Those are my recommendations. (laughs) Get more. Talk about it more. You know, I don't like, I know locally they're SCAD in our area, but even as a provider, I still don't understand the total workings of SCAD. And if I didn't have patients who talked to me about SCAD, I wouldn't know it existed. Okay. So maybe just being more public with the services you offer as opposed to this underground sort of okay. advertisement. <laughs> and what's your take on, um, I think it's safe needle syringe. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on that? Do you believe that? Not believe, but... Would you agree that things such as safe needle houses are appropriate um, for these patients or people that are suffering from this disease? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know people look at it like you're giving them the tools. They're going to find the tools. Right. They're going, this is how bad this this desire is. They're going to find it. Let's help them be safe so then when they get to the other side, they're even more healthier. I agree with that, um, especially with the thought of needles just being everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a safer environment for these people that are suffering from this disease. Um, that's really it for the interview. Um, I absolutely enjoyed your time. Your questions, or answers to the questions were incredible. Um, very helpful in my data collection also. Um, and that's really it for today. So we'll let our viewers listen in and that's it for today. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs)